Welcome to the Hardwood Hustle podcast where we know and believe in the value of a coach. We're here to educate, empower, and encourage you to lead like never before. In today's episode, we dig into a dynamic teaching concept titled On Center, Off Center. I recently had an opportunity to watch TJ's practice down at Emmanuel College, and there was a moment in the practice where he inserted himself and began teaching on this concept of on center versus off center. This is a defensive-minded concept about when we attack and when we pull back from a defensive aggressiveness, and a lot of it depends if the ball is on center or off center. TJ went into the nuances and the dynamics as he was teaching it to his players, and I was fascinated with how he was approaching it and the concept in general. We decided to bring it onto the episode and share this concept with all of you. So coaches, get your notepad ready and enjoy this one. Let's jump in. TJ, we just finished up a practice that you were hosting here with your team here at Emanuel College, and I was intrigued with one of the things that you stopped practice for a period of time, and you went pretty deep on this subject, this concept of center, off center, and you were communicating to the defensive side of the ball that when the ball is on center, essentially at the top of the key, above the three-point line, right there in center, that we need to behave a certain way defensively. But the moment it shifts off center, we need to adjust significantly, and that's when we can actually begin to become more aggressive. I want to kind of share this concept and elaborate because it was one that got your attention. First off, what got your attention that you stopped practice and said, I want to address this and need to address this? Yeah, you know, I think when we're in practice, whether it's offense or defense, you know, I, I've been in times in my life where I feel like I've overcoached and, you know, they know this play's come in and there's a down screen, a ball screen, guard it like this, da, 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 you know, and you've given everything under the sun, but then the they, you know, you guarded all that well and things broke down and they dribbled and got a layup or they did, you know, there's just, and so, um, you know, same thing offensively, you can go and draw up the greatest plays ever, but if they can't connect on a pass with an outside hand, outside catch, whatever, then, then it all goes you know, to nothing, and all you do is move people, and you really didn't run a play. You actually just kind of had people go to different spots because you couldn't execute the fundamentals or the details, or you couldn't do it with precision, you know. And so uh, defensively, I think the concept of winning the middle of the floor is really important. It doesn't matter whether you look at it from an offensive standpoint. It doesn't matter if you look at it from a defensive standpoint. Um, Winning the center of the floor, winning the middle of the floor is important to winning the game. So you do have to have a philosophy. Honestly, it doesn't even matter if you're a man or zone. Uh, You want to win the middle of the floor. Like our whole concept offensively to beat a zone would be win the middle of the floor. And, um, you know, when you see teams that are running. Define the middle. uh, If you were to to, uh, go into like three highways, so from like the the lane line out would be one lane. Then you have the lane line all the way up the middle of the court, and then the one other side, uh, you'd have three different lanes. Let's say if you divide, divided the court into three equal lanes going ninety four feet long, the the middle. Some people refer to it as the highway. Um, you know, different 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 names for it, but the middle of the floor, the highway. Uh, people want to center the ball. People want in the middle of the floor. No matter, you know, there's tons of terminology. Everybody has different terminology. But even if you were to look for the majority of uh, plays in the NBA games, just watch. You know, you get into a late situation and you've got LeBron or you've got Kobe or Jordan or whatever. They've got all kinds of different plays that they run. But if they can't get them the ball 
on their spot, you know, like, you know, for Kobe, it was the kill box. You know, you wanted him seven feet off the off the block there. He was going to turn, shot fake, you get to the foul line, drive it or whatever. But the majority of those plays, the majority of the, the, the times they're trying to get the ball, uh, to, they will run uh, plays to the middle of the floor. And it's a really simple concept. The middle of the floor just gives you multiple options, you know. And so um, and let me I'll dive in a little deeper. The, multi, the, the middle of the floor gives you multiple options, like pass right, pass left, whatever. The other thing about the middle of the floor does is that you don't have a determined help side. When the ball's on the left side of the floor, you can load to the right. When it's on the right, you can load to the left. So when people make mistakes, you have help. But if I make a mistake in the middle of the floor, let's say for one second I take a dribble to the right and I backdoor somebody and throw a backdoor pass for a layup. You know, those happen because the ball typically happened because the ball was centered. And when the ball was centered in that one second of exchange, when it went from middle to right, middle to left, there was no defined help side defense, so we go backdoor layup. And, and that, that's why the center of the floor, and we can talk about you know what we're trying to do in the center floor. There's a lot of different concepts, but that's why the winning the center of the floor is so important. Let's take a quick break in the action to catch up with our friends over at Team Snap for today's halftime communication tip. The best thing you can do with text communication is often ending it and saying, "Let's continue this in person," or next time we discuss this over the phone. Text message is a great tool for increasing connectivity and exchanging quick dialogue, encouragement, and reminders. But I don't think its purpose was to serve long-form communication. So next time you see the conversation over text expanding and continuing on, I encourage you to take a moment and say, hey, let's catch up with this over the phone, or let's discuss this next time we're in person. Let's make sure we're using text message for the purpose it was designed for. Folks, thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe, helping bring coaches, parents, and players, getting them all on the same page and organized all season long. And before we jump back, let's take a quick look at the stat sheet. Did you know the first season the three-point line was put on the floor was in 1979? And during that year, 3.1% of its shots were from downtown. Well, 10 years ago in 2010, that number was up to 22.2. But this season, it climbed even higher to 35.9% of shots coming from downtown. Incredible numbers. A third, more than a third, of all shots in the NBA are three-pointers. So if our players are going to be taking these shots, we need to make sure they are practicing those shots. And there's no greater tool to use than Shootaway's The Gun, often considered the most dynamic shooting machine in the world. Make sure you have one in your gym so your players have the right tools to help improve their shooting. Now, let's jump back in with action. So one of the things you said, though, and you, you kept reiterating this, is that when the ball is in the center, in this particular case, as you were explaining it, you were at the top of the key, right? When the ball is at, um, above the three-point line, when the ball is there, we need to play it safe. We need to play it honest, mm-hmm. right? We, we don't need to over-pursue. We don't need to get overly aggressive at that point, right? But then you said when it shifts off-center, 
when it goes from center to being off center, that's when you can actually tap in and become a lot more aggressive. Yeah. So don't want us, if we're in this situation, um, and it, it, part of that is our defensive philosophy. I think a lot of coaches you know, may or may not have a similar – but rather than teach the guard the ball screen, back screen, left screen – I'd rather them learn by concept. You know, when we're in the middle of the floor, here's the concepts we want to play by. So in the middle of the floor, our senses should go off. Hey, keep the ball in front of us. Protect and hold the fort. When the ball goes to one side of the floor, we got you where we want. Let's go make plays because if we make a mistake, our help side's there. So we get way more aggressive on a side of the floor Anyway, another concept you know that you might even hear like an NBA concept is shrink the floor. So if you have the ball in the center of the floor up high, you're trying to play into four boxes. If you were to draw a uh, a line down the middle of the half court and then draw one across the three point line, right? You want to get the the offense into one box, and if they get into a box, you want to keep them in the box because if they're playing, let's just say you get them in the left corner low box right there, and you're in control of the play. You don't want them out of there because their options are limited. If they drive baseline, there's help. There's help the helper. They can't get the ball back up top. They don't have op- – there's the baseline help. There's the backboard help, right? And so if you can shrink the floor, the chances of things going well for you defensively goes way up. You think most players, when they come into your program, are familiar with these type of concepts, this thought process of kind of protecting the middle, winning the middle? Well, you know, you know, I think most defenses um, – have a uh, you know like even in the pack line defense for example right I mean one of their big concepts is is they actually force the ball to the middle but one of the bigger concepts of that is is because there's already built in help like at every direction you go whether you go right left or whatever but they also um, win the center of the floor the middle of the floor on the post defense because they never get around they never front they never go low side they're always on the high side of the defense so there's another way to win the middle of the floor you know and so I think that I think people are probably more familiar what I've seen they're more familiar with what coach wants them to do mm-hmm. you know I want you to pressure the ball right here I don't want you to pressure the ball right here I want you to front the post I don't want you to front the post I don't think most of the players that I you know that come across or players that I see are very aware of the concept and maybe why they're doing what they're doing um, and, but what I've found is that oftentimes we overcoach like I started out with the little details do this when you're here do this when you're here but it's going to happen so fast. The game happens so fast. Both on the offensive end and the defensive end, our best teams ever, they understand concepts. They understand why. Do this because of this. Mm-hmm. You know, Coach, well, I thought you wanted me to do this, but they ball screened me right here. And then i got to go say, well, yeah, but it was a flat ball screen. Oh, okay. Well, well then there was a side ball screen. They, it doesn't matter. What we need to know is on the side of the floor there was a ball screen. What do we do? You know, like and so when that happens in the, the line of fire, do I kick back to things that I fundamentally know and to my instincts that we've been coaching and teaching? And, and one thing as I was observing practice, I noticed the increase on the instincts after you communicated that, TJ. And I think players find comfort in having an understanding of the concept, right? Because what happened is they were being overly aggressive when ball was at center. You basically said, listen, when ball is at center, we can play it safe. Right, we can pull back a little bit, keep the ball in front of us, but the moment it goes off center, we turn it up, mm-hmm. right? And I, you began to see this shift, right, where they they actually found I, the, the ebbs and flows of their intensity, even in the the quick, fast paced sequence of a, you know throwing the ball over side to side, you began to see that they knew just hey, when it goes off center, I turn it up, right? When it comes back center, I, I bring it down, I turn it up, I bring it down, and you actually began to see, I could almost see them processing that. 
it was freeing for them in many ways once they kind of understood the concept of what you're explaining. Yeah. You know, I, and I think it's I think it is important for players because you know, a lot of times we have different types of players. Like we have players that are really aggressive. We have players, you know, particularly like at Emmanuel at a D2, I, we, we recruit good kids and good players. But we also, that doesn't always come out the same. We have athletic kids, we have very athletic kids, and we have not-so-athletic kids. We have kids that came from a pressing program. We came, have kids that came from a pack line program. You know, extremes every which way. Transition to run a set every time. You know, you can probably be a little bit more particular when you're the cream of the crop. You know what I mean? You're going after that absolute best player. But 98% of the world coaching basketball doesn't handpick or then choose. I, okay, I'm going to get nine athletic guys and pressure you here and do this. Right, you, you just get what you get at the high school level, and even 90% of college. You know, you're just going after the best player. And so, when you're trying to find the the best players that can do multiple things, they need to know when they can be aggressive. Like, I want an aggressive player to know. Okay. You can make some plays right here, right? And, you know, the guy that's not very aggressive, they need to know, oh, I'm ball center. This is what I do well. But even when they go over to the place where they can make plays and can be aggressive, it's not natural to them. It's not going to hurt us that much. Mm-hmm. But it does give players uh, freedom to say, you know, I can be who I want to be in this area, but I can't be in this area. It just gives them a little bit of, you know, rules to play by. So this concept on center, off center, extremely important, extremely valuable. If you have any additional questions, you can always email TJ or reach out to TJ. If there's something specific about this theme that you'd like to learn a little bit more, certainly reach out. Uh, TJ at PGCBasketball.com. You can send him an email there and connect. But I'm Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the Hardwood Hustle. Until next time. Coaches, one more thing before you go. I've got something that I think will help you get better, and I want to encourage you to check it out. Now, I understand before I jump in, this may run the risk of self-promoting, but I think it's worth it. I would love for each and every one of you to take a moment and check out LeadEmUp.com. LeadEmUp is an organization and program I started five years ago and is now being used by hundreds of teams and coaches all over the country. It's really simple how it works. We provide you full access to our entire library of drills and exercises for you to use with your players. You can simply just pick the exercises a la carte, or you can follow one of our many teaching tracks and go week by week or every other week throughout the course of your season. Coaches, we help you build a special team by developing your athletes into the leaders needed to win. These exercises and drills can change the entire environment around your team and help create that healthiness that all of us as coaches desire to have. Go check out leademup.com and learn more about how you can utilize these drills and exercises with your team. In certain regions, we have regional coaches that could even help you along. If you go to our live training page, you can see our geographical map and see if there's a regional coach near you that can help you facilitate the exercises within your program. Nonetheless, I think it is totally worth your time to check out leademup.com and see how you can develop your players into the leaders needed to win.